Well, um, unless you've been hiding under a rock somewhere, uh, you can't really have missed uh, all the noise and hype about Prince Harry's new book, Spare. Uh, whether you love it uh, or you loathe it, uh, it's been big news. Uh, it's the fastest selling non-fiction book uh, since records began in 1998. Uh, it sold 467,000 copies in its first week. And only the Harry Potter series and one other book have sold faster in the UK, apparently. But imagine if uh, you picked up a copy of Spare, uh, or even a book by, say, Barack Obama, uh, or even a book by Vladimir Putin. And it started like this. To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. You see, here in Daniel chapter 4, uh, we get an incredible testimony from King Nebuchadnezzar, and that is how he starts it off. Uh, we get the testimony of, of this uh, hugely powerful and successful world leader, dictator even, called King Nebuchadnezzar. It's a testimony uh, where he's willing to share everything, warts and all. Uh, he's open about his failings and his foolishness. He's been on a real spiritual journey. And he starts it off by saying that he wants the whole earth to know what God has done for him. Well, let's pray before we get into his incredible story. Let's bow our heads. Father God, whatever our day has been like, uh, whatever's on our minds, we thank you that we have this time now to be still before you and to hear your voice. And so we pray that you would quieten our hearts and give us hearts and ears that are willing to listen to you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, King Neb starts off his story uh, in verse 4 with these words. He says, I, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. Uh, you can imagine him uh, reclining on some sort of uh, kingly uh, sofa uh, at ease, thinking, look at what I've achieved. Uh, look at this palace. I have made it. Later on, he says this, is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? And to be fair, his city Babylon is pretty impressive. Apparently it had uh, two double wall systems running right around it uh, that were there to protect it. Uh, the outer one was eight meters thick. Uh, it was wide enough on top for two chariots to pass each other. Uh, the wall was 17 miles long all the way around. King Nebuchadnezzar didn't just have one palace, he had three to choose from within Babylon. Uh, and he had built these incredible hanging gardens uh, to mirror the mountainous gardens of the region. If he had written a book at this point, he certainly wouldn't have called it Spare. And he wouldn't have mentioned God either. It would have been all about himself. Uh, maybe uh, he would have called it uh, this, Beast. Uh, or he would have called it the Neb, or my favorite, <laughs> Nebugodnezzar. Maybe he would have called it one of those, who knows. But he's proud, 
and his pride causes him to forget God's. He wants to rule himself and his kingdom with no regard to God at all. And again, again in this passage, uh, the reason for King Neb's downfall, which we'll come to, is his pride. And we are so easily like King Nebuchadnezzar. Of course, uh, in some ways, he feels totally different to us. None of us are, are kings ruling Babylon, and it's a totally different era. But if we're honest with ourselves, uh, we'll see that we fall into the same trap. John Stott, the uh, well-known Christian leader, uh, wrote this once. Pride is more than the first of the seven deadly sins. It is itself the essence of all sin. Sure, none of us are kings or queens of powerful and vast empires, but we all by nature want to direct our own show and call our own shots. Deep down, too often we want to be our own little kings and queens. And we all want to call our own shots, don't we? Uh, direct our own show. We don't want anyone telling us what to do, uh, even if they're the one who made us and knows everything about us and who loves us and knows what's best for us. The root of sin is our desire to push God away and be our own God. Some of you have experienced this, but my little three-year-old Phoebe has a very strong will, and sometimes she just thinks that she knows better than mummy and daddy, even if she's cycling towards a busy road. And so, of course, uh, we have to be firm with her. We have to try and explain that we're, we're only stopping her because we want to look after her. Uh, she doesn't understand the dangers of the world yet. And her wanting to assert her independence uh, by crossing the road at her age uh, is ridiculous. Uh, and pushing God away in our pride is equally foolish. But you see that God gives King Nebuchadnezzar uh, this uh, amazing, huge gift. Uh, it's there in verse 5. Uh, he gives Nebuchadnezzar a, a dream, uh, and it's a gift for his own good. Uh, he's shown a, a picture of this huge uh, tree, uh, and it becomes strong. Uh, it's visible from everywhere. It's got the most beautiful leaves, and animals love to uh, eat its fruit and, and shelter under its, in its shade. Uh, birds live in its branches. Uh, if you've seen those, think of those incredible sequoia trees that you get in the States that are like wide enough to drive a car through. And, uh, and this tree is even better than that. And Daniel says that this amazing tree represents King Nebuchadnezzar in the dream. It's a beautiful tree. I mean, he was a brilliant architect and town planner. Uh, he built this magnificent city. And there is something glorious about King, King Nebuchadnezzar's achievements. You see, uh, God isn't against human flourishing and creativity. Uh, no, he, he gave those things to us. Uh, right at the start of time, uh, God blesses human beings, uh, and he says, be fruitful and multiply, uh, fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, and God did the same for King Nebuchadnezzar. 
God has given him everything. Uh, his, his lineage, his gifts, his position, the weather for crops in his kingdom. But he's got proud. And so God gifts him with this warning. Because in the dream, a holy one comes down from heaven and proclaims, chop down the tree uh, until there's only a stump left. And Daniel tells the king that this decree from, is from God on the king. Uh, he's going to be chopped down. Uh, and he's going to dwell like an animal and, and eat grass and, and be wet in the morning with the dew outside. And so Daniel says to him graciously, Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. Nebuchadnezzar is given an opportunity. Uh, Not only is he given this really clear dream, I could even almost interpret it, but he's even given Daniel to interpret it and to show him how to make amends. But we're told that after 12 months, King Neb is is still strutting around on the roof of his royal palace uh, and he looks over his city and he's still saying, "Uh, look at this epic city that I've built for my own majesty and glory. He's stubborn uh, and he's proud and he just won't listen. He doesn't recognize that Daniel is trying to help him. And so we're told that even as those words are in his mouth, a voice comes from heaven saying that his kingdom will depart and immediately it happens. I think that the worst state that I've ever been in uh, was on a, a climbing expedition in Bolivia where I was uh, living, um, if you flick onto the next slide, I was living, <laughs> this photo is distressing, I don't want to leave it up too long, but um, I was living in a, in a tent for two weeks, didn't wash for two weeks, uh, I lost a stone in weight uh, whilst I was climbing and uh, that hair is incredibly greasy, I think we can move on now, do you want to just move it on? <laughs> um, but, uh, but even that uh, wasn't a patch on King Nebuchadnezzar at that point. And we're told that his hair grows long, his nails are like claws, uh, he eats grass and, and he's wet with the dew, which I guess means that he slept outside every night. He goes from, from a king on the roof of a palace to living like a wild animal. He's humiliated and he's brought low. But why, why had this happened to him? Well, it's very clear in the passage. Uh, when the authors back then uh, wanted to emphasize a point, they, they didn't uh, put it in bold on the computer, they didn't underline it uh, or write it in capitals. Uh, no, they used repetition to stress their points. Uh, and so don't miss the big point here uh, because they repeat it three times. Uh, verse 17, we're told that This sentence on King Neb is to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. Verse 25, he's told, you'll be like an animal till you know 
that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Verse 32, you'll be driven from among men until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Do you get the message? God is sovereign and in control and nobody else. Uh, He is sovereign over the destiny of nations and their rulers. And Nebuchadnezzar is, is just a footnote in history. But God is sovereign for eternity. And nobody plays parent to him or tells him what to do. You might have heard that the actor Stephen Fry uh, once said in an interview that if he met God, uh, he would say to him, how dare you? How dare you create a world like this? But in the same interview, uh, he admitted that as a teenager, he he stole a jacket and he found a load of credit cards in the pocket uh, and he lived the high life on these credit cards for three months, spending whatever he wanted. Uh, And he said in that interview that the reason, or part of the reason he got away with it was firstly that he was a big guy. Uh, Secondly, he had an aura of authority about him. Uh, And third, he had a really posh, upper-class voice. And so he said... When I issue a statement, it stays issued, and you've got to be a very brave person to take me on. And it's hard not to see the similarities with Nebuchadnezzar, isn't it? Uh, There was an arrogance before God. But that pride and supposed authority doesn't work with God. When we stand in front of him, uh, we will realize that we are nothing compared to him. In the book of Job, God says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Have you ever in your days commanded the morning light? Can you lead out a constellation in its season in the night sky? The uh, the. Uh, author of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, wrote this. In God, you come up against something which is in every respect immeasurably superior to yourself. Unless you know God as that and therefore know yourself as nothing in comparison, you do not know God at all. As long as you are proud, you cannot know God. A a proud man or woman is, is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. The difference between us uh, and God uh, is far greater than the difference between my three-year-old Phoebe uh, and us, uh, her parents. Uh, We know nothing and we understand nothing compared to God's. And the descent of King Neb uh, into an animal Uh, Whilst an extreme case is a picture of the darkness that we descend into when we push God away. Paul shows us that uh, in the New Testament where he picks up this theme and and he says, For although they knew God, uh, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. You see, it's not, it's not wise and enlightened not to honor God. 
It's just foolish and futile. It's as foolish as my daughter Phoebe boldly trying to cross the road on her own at age three. And what's more, you see, if we allow this to sink in, it can be such a great comforting assurance to know that God is in control and we are with him and we can shelter under his wings even in the most difficult times. God is not out to get us. Uh, He is like a a loving parent, uh, and he just wants us to see reality. Uh, As we read our Bibles, uh, we come to see his faithfulness, uh, his justice, his compassion, uh, the way he is slow to anger. And we sang about it in that song earlier, didn't we? And we see that in the gift that he gives King Nebuchadnezzar and and the fact that the tree isn't cut right down. It's left as a stump and given an opportunity to grow back. Because after uh, King Neb's time roaming the wilderness as an animal, uh, we're told, verse 34, that he finally, after much time, lifts his eyes to heaven. uh, And twice he says that his his reason returned to him. Uh, He'd been in a a mental fog, uh, but now he sees clearly. Uh, He thought he towered above everything, but now he sees how big and great God is. Uh, And he blesses and praises and honors the God who lives forever. And God graciously returns his kingdom to him and his majesty to him. And the key is saying, thank you. Did you see that uh, in those uh, verses from Romans? Um, Paul wrote, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Saying thank you to someone uh, indicates a certain dependence on them. Uh, And saying thank you to God shows our dependence on him. In some ways, uh, the first few verses uh, of this chapter, chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, are are where King Neb finishes the chapter, uh, because they're what he says just before he tells us his story. And in verse 1, he writes, as we saw at the start, it has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. Uh, He's full of thankfulness, isn't he? And what an incredible testimony. I hope you've enjoyed hearing it tonight. And so the the question as we finish is, what will our testimony be? We've heard King Nebuchadnezzar's, but what will our testimony be? Through Daniel, uh, God gave King uh, Neb an opportunity to repent and mend his ways. Uh, And will we take the opportunity uh, we're given uh, as we've heard this testimony tonight? Now, to mend our ways. Now, we may not have built Babylon, uh, but there are still lesser achievements that tempt us to pride, aren't there? Uh, if we've been given uh, intellectual capacity or, or we're good at art or music or, or business or whatever else, uh, it's so easy to think that we are the source of those gifts, aren't we? Isn't it? Now, where are you tempted to pride? We even do it as Christians with our spiritual gifts, don't we? 
Uh, Paul writes to the Corinthians, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, uh, if I have prophetic powers, uh, if I have faith to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. The gifts we've been given uh, are not to be used to fuel our pride, uh, but for the benefit of others. Uh, And as we see their beauty, it should lift our eyes to God uh, and grow our love for him and thankfulness to him uh, and our love for others, uh, rather than distracting us from him and making us proud. Jesus himself said, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. An American uh, minister and uh, author tells the story of uh, going to visit a man who was really ill in a hospital in Washington, D.C. Uh, he hadn't met the man before, uh, but he knew that uh, this man uh, had bone cancer and it was quickly taking his life from him. Uh, and he wasn't a Christian. Through a number of uh, visits, uh, he got to know the man uh, after yeah, having some covers with him in the hospital. And he learned that um, this man was a remarkable self-made man. Uh, he'd arrived uh, in America with no English as a teenager and he'd taught himself English. Uh, he'd studied really hard uh, and got himself into medical school. And uh, he'd become a successful and wealthy doctor. He'd become chairman of psychiatry uh, in one of the best hospitals in the States. But then came the cancer. And uh, the minister developed a friendship with him. And at a certain point, the man said to him, I've treated people all my life, but I have no answers in the face of this. And uh, thankfully, uh, this minister got a chance to explain the gospel to the man. Uh, And he also said this, uh, you can't conquer the spiritual world by your own efforts. You must first admit your helplessness and inability, uh, confessing that you have nothing to stand on other than coming to God like a helpless child. Apparently, the man stared and and said nothing. Uh, But a few days later, uh, the minister received a letter, and it began with the Apostles' Creed, uh, and then it said this from the man. Jesus, I hate all my sins. I have not served or worshipped you. Father, I know the only way to come into your kingdom is by the precious blood of Jesus. I know you stand at the door and will answer those who knock. I now want to be with you. Apparently that man died before the minister got to see him again. But he had learnt Nebuchadnezzar's lesson, hadn't he? That those who walk in pride, uh, God is able to humble. Uh, That cancer was the the worst thing that had ever happened to him in his life. But in reality, maybe it was the best uh, because that man is now in heaven. Uh, He's with Jesus. Jesus, uh, the one who is God uh, above all, and yet Jesus who was willing to humble himself uh, and become a servant and die on the cross so that we might be lifted up and given life with him. If we really get that, 
uh, will join with King Nebuchadnezzar in telling of and rejoicing in the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for us. We're going to do that uh, in a song in a minute, Uh, but before we um, lift our eyes to God as we sing together, uh, let's just take a minute uh, to think over uh, a few questions that have popped on the screen, and maybe these are ones to go away and think about. Uh, Is your God uh, the true God? Do you see him as he is, uh, or have you made him too small? In what ways do you need to hear the warning from the passage tonight? Uh, Are there areas where you need to repent of your pride and Thank God uh, for the gifts he's given you. Uh, And are there areas where you've lost sight of all he's given you? Uh, And how can you rejoice in him uh, and rejoice in what he's given you this week? Just take a minute to think over those and, and maybe pray.